This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Tuesday, October the 4th, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late breaking news in the world of wrestling. Whether it's WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and so many more. We cover the landscape of professional wrestling, whether it's behind the scenes or inside the ring. We're here at a daily podcast to bring you all the late-breaking news so you don't have to worry about looking up all the newest headlines. 
We're a daily podcast that's available anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's head right into the headlines. Starting over on Wrestling Inc., Dakota Cohn is writing in today. Big update on the future of AEW's Winter is Coming event. Now, for the last two years, AEW put on a special edition of Dynamite resembling Winter is Coming. Now, in both 2020 and 2021, seeing title matches that are redeemed and remembered into this day. With AEW wrapping up a Grand Slam edition of Dynamite on September 21st, AEW CEO Tony Khan revealed that while on My Mom's Basement with Robbie Fox podcast, whether or not Winter is Coming is actually going to be happening in 2022. Khan said the latest. I can tell you that there will be a Winter is Coming again this year. With AEW putting on Winter is Coming in December, that will mean AEW will put on 12 special edition Dynamite episodes from its first year back in January all the way to its beach break, which happens in the summer. Samer Guevara defeated Cody Rhodes in a TNT Championship Unification ladder match. Now, the first winner is coming on Dynamite saw MJF and Orange Cassidy win the Dynamite Ring Battle Royal, with both men then facing off to who would walk away with the ring. MJF won the following week. However, in the main event of Winter is Coming, Kenny Omega ended John Moxley's 277-day reign as AEW World Champion and turning heel in the process. Now, the second winner of Coming was on AEW Dynamite, saw AEW World Championship match between Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson open up the show and proved to be a pretty bloody and violent match, with the two men going 60-minute time limit draw. In the main event, MJF defeated Dante Martin to win the Dynamite Diamond Ring for once again the third straight year. For more information on everything that's happening with Winter is Coming, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be coming. Sean Newman is writing in at this hour, New Japan gave Antonio Inoki an honorary title shortly before the legendary star passed away. Now on Tuesday, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced the promotion had given an honorary title to the late Antonio Inoki prior to his death over the weekend. He died at the age of 79. Inoki, who founded New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972, was a 12-time world champion himself and was also the inaugural IWGP heavyweight champion in that organization. Now in 1979, Inoki also defeated Bob Backlund in a WWF World Heavyweight Championship match, but the title has long been unrecognized in the company. Inoki was later inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2010. Outside the ring, Inoki developed and went into the world of politics in two 10 years in the Japanese House of Counselors from 1985 to 1995, and then again from 2013 to 2019. Most famously, though, Inoki is remembered for his 1976 martial arts match against Muhammad Ali, which drew a record crowd and ended in a draw. In regards to the particularly honor the company bestowed upon the Japanese wrestling legend, New Japan Pro Wrestling stated that as of our 50th anniversary celebrations, we're celebrating Antonio Inoki's role as the founder and wrestler and beyond. New Japan has planned to name Mr. Inoki the honorary lifetime chairman of the New Japan Pro Wrestling organization. After Antonio Inoki graciously accepted the invitation, he was officially named honorary lifetime champion on September the 1st, 2022. If you'd like to find out more about what New Japan is doing to celebrate the life of Antonio Noki, please continue following Wrestling Inc. and more will be forthcoming. 
Nick Miller is writing in at this hour about Andrade El Idolo. Allegedly, he wants to say something face-to-face -face with Sammy Guevara on AEW's Dynamite tomorrow. Now, Nick Miller is also writing in, The bickering between AEW stars Andrade and Sammy Guevara does not appear to be slowing anytime soon, with the pair bringing the word of words, and they're going toe-to-toe -to -toe with each other on Twitter today. Now, around this time, Andrade has challenged Guevara to a face-to-face. -face. Now, Andrade has challenged Guevara's claim that he lied about confronting Guevara backstage. This is what he had to say. Okay, I'm a liar, Andrade responded. See you on Wednesday. I'll tell you face-to-face -face again, and nothing you can say. You said we don't have any problems. Now, earlier today, Andrade gave a Spanish-language interview to Mas Lucha and claimed that Guevara complained that he was hitting him too hard in the ring. Now, following this, Andrade stated that if that was the case, Guevara should have just hit him back even harder in the ring instead of complaining backstage. From then on, the two stars started talking trash to each other on social media, and things continued to escalate. In the recent weeks, Andrade has strongly hinted that he wants out of his AEW contract, but he was recently downplaying his issues in the interview, saying that they has sparked a whole new side of him. AEW boss Tony Khan made an appearance of his own where he spoke about the Andrade situation, but Khan's kayfabe response gleamed even more loud at Andrade's Rampage match of last week. Now, additionally, if Andrade loses this week, he will leave AEW for good. This now makes it unclear whether Andrade's issues are storyline related or it's simply real life playing out on the camera. For more information on all these things, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Ross Berman is writing in at this hour about Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks tweets and then deletes a profane request of his AEW co-workers to do something. Now, Ricky Starks is tired of all the drama in AEW. While Andrade and Sammy Guevara aired out their grievances on public social media, Ricky Starks also took to Twitter to tweet out, but then deleted it, his frustrations with all the backstage turmoil. He would go on to say, Man, can my coworkers just shut the F up for a minute? Sparks pleaded on Twitter. Starks then tweeted, All right, here's the conclusion. We bring in someone else. We go ahead and we find out how we can get to the bottom of this. You know, I know a few people who could handle this backstage turmoil. Now, after deleting those tweets, Sparks posted a tweet and a simple photo of him on his phone, just looking in, in disbelief. Now, when pressed about the deleting tweets, Starks described his tweets as a museum exhibit, saying it only lasts for so long. Now, Starks has recently said that he doesn't want to be associated with the AEW pillars, which Guevara is also part of that. Guevara has also been a lightning rod for controversy lately in AEW. Now, the former AEW TNT champion is currently reaching out on Twitter because there seems to be more issues with Andrade. Now, this isn't the first time that Samuel Guevara has gotten into things. He most recently had an issue with Eddie Kingston, which led in Kingston being suspended after Pyfang Guerrara backstage. That led to the cancellation of a planned match between the two of them that was scheduled to happen at All Out in September. With more information on all of this and what's happening backstage with Sammy Guevara and Andrade, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Mark Henry is making news at this hour. Phil Hulse writing in, Mark Henry addresses Dwight Howard's pro wrestling ambitions. Now, many know Dwight Howard as being one of the most successful big men in the world of the NBA. However, Dwight Howard has also hinted that he may want to step into the wrestling ring. 
Now, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry sees a lot of potential in the NBA star Dwight Howard if he ever decides to come into wrestling, even if that means working with somebody else. Now, this is what Henry said. I would like to see him involved in our business, period, Henry said. Anytime you got a big name, someone who has a lot of notoriety coming into pro wrestling, it only adds strength to our industry. Now, Henry added that the established athletes from other sports joining wrestling is the equivalent of telling people that our sport is meaningful and that the world should pay attention to us. Howard, who is 36, is an 18-year NBA veteran who's a free agent after spending the past season with the Los Angeles Lakers. He made a surprise appearance at WWE's tryouts in Nashville, Tennessee in July. Now, as soon as last month, Chief Content Officer Paul Levesque, also known as Triple H on screen, told the Sporting News that he'd be open to Dwight Howard joining WWE if he was willing to put the work in. This is what Triple H had to say. The ball is in his court. He came to our tryouts in Nashville and was incredibly entertaining, jumping in on promos by himself, and then he was also incredibly entertaining in the ring. You know what? I'd like to give him a shot. He's got my phone number. All he has to do is call, and we will see what happens. For more information on all these things that are revolving around Dwight Howard, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information will be coming forward. Nick Miller's writing in at this hour about Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake Roberts questions major Vince McMahon booking decision. Now, just one day after Jake the Snake Roberts was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, Brock Lesnar would pin The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, ending the Deadman's 21-0 undefeated streak at the marquee event. Now, the shockwaves of the defeat went all over the globe. On a recent edition of the DDP Snake Pit podcast, which was focused on The Undertaker's career, Jake the Snake said the decision to have Lesnar end the streak, well, in his eyes, was a big mistake. He would go on to say, No, they did not make the right decision. And why would you waste that? Because it's not even needed, Robert said. Lesnar was already a monster, right? He's a badass. He's a monster. He didn't need to get a push anymore. If they had done something else with him at that level, I would have said, Okay, that's fine. But you're bringing somebody in like this. And just to do it to the Undertaker, Roberts continued, to do it with guy that's equal to you? that you haven't really accomplished anything else, and this is just a waste of an opportunity to allegedly try to get somebody even further over. Now, Roberts had another name in mind that would have been a better choice for it. Roman Reigns. You could have done it with Roman Reigns. That would have been interesting at that point, Roberts said. You know, you would get the most out of that move. You could bring somebody in that, you know what, isn't on that quite level yet, but he would be sustainable, and you would get a good pop, and that's what they should have done. It just didn't happen. Now, in 2017, WWE WrestleMania, Roman Reigns would become the second person to pin The Undertaker at the big show. However, many, including Roberts, would argue that the shine had worn off at that point to have such a match that that and having The Undertaker lose again. The Undertaker would wrestle his final match at WrestleMania 36 in 2020, picking up a win against AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. For more information on the DDP Snake Pit Podcast, continue following it and following e-wrestling news and follow Wrestling Inc. with more information. Eric Bischoff is once again making news at this hour. Eric Bischoff recalls breaking U.S. law to hold a WCW event in North Korea. John Allard's writing in, WWE Hall of Famer and former WCW Senior Vice President Eric Bischoff spoke to Busted Open Radio about the co-produced New Japan Pro Wrestling WCW event called Collision in Korea. Now, in 1995, it was a pay-per-view that was held in 
Pyongyang, North Korea. Now, it was an event that was supposed to be happening to bring worlds together. Bischoff said, legally, we were not supposed to even be in North Korea. Legally, the entire WCW roster that was there, including me, were actually violating U.S. laws by being there. Described Bischoff as a long-time wrestling fan, he wanted to go ahead and have a good showcase of the American brand and the New Japan brand in North Korea. It was a two-night spectacular from April the 28th and the 29th, headlined by Antonio Inoki versus Ric Flair. Now, it didn't receive much media attention. It was the only WCW pay-per-view of 1995 not to be released on VHS in the United States, and it's still not available on the WWE Network, though an edited version did air on the formerly known WWE 24-7 On Demand. If you'd like to find out more about what Eric Bischoff had to say about the collision in Korea, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Dan Lambert is making news. The former AEW star is talking about his status within the company. Now, Dan Lambert has revealed he's made a major decision regarding his relationship with AEW. Lambert made an appearance on Tuesday's episode of Inside with Chris Van Vliet podcast, and he told the host that the Men of Honor faction's most recent feud wrapped up this summer, and now it's all over. Now, he said he pulled Tony Khan aside and informed him that he'd be leaving the company. At this time, Scorpio Sky dropped the TNT Championship to Wardlow, Lambert said. Sky was going to need to take a couple of months off. He had a knee injury, and he'd need to heal up. And then the rest of the group was going to get repackaged as the firm working with MJF. So I thought it was time for me just to leave the company. Now, Lambert would continue on by saying, It just seemed like things were winding down. I felt like... I was getting stale myself, even though the reactions were still good and I still had fun, but I grabbed Tony at the end of one show and said, yeah, I think it's ran its course. I don't want to go backwards or overstay my welcome, so I think it's time for me to go. Khan was like, okay, man, whatever you want. But if you do come up with a good idea, I'd be more than happy to come back again. Now the villainous stable leader got his start in TNA wrestling with his group American Top Team before the stable debuted in AEW. Now he's open to a return to AEW if the circumstances are right. Then he would finally go on by saying, If Tony called me tomorrow and said I got a good idea, do you want to do it? And it was a good idea. I'd say sure, why not? With more information on Dan Lambert and what his future plans are if he decides to stay in the world of wrestling, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in this hour about Brian Gerwitz. He is commenting on how Dark Tales from the Territories will be looking as a new series. Now, former WWE head writer Brian Gerwitz was a full plate when he was in WWE, and now he's going back to that full plate. His autobiography was released in August. Third season of Young Rock premieres next month, and The Tales from the Territories premieres on Vice TV tonight. Gerwitz and his co-executive producer for both shows joined Busted Open Radio to reveal which promotions fans can look forward to in the series Tales from the Territories. Now, the first two episodes are focusing on Memphis. He would go on to say, We're covering AWA. We're covering World Class Championship Wrestling. We're covering Portland. We're covering Florida, Gerwitz said. He also knew that Mid-Atlantic and Calgary will also be featured with a later edition having Bret Hart and Abdul the Butcher on there as well. We're going all out, Gerwitz said. We noted that we had a lot of great territories during that time in wrestling, stating that he has a lot of experience working in the WWE writer's room as well. 
Now, The Rock and the Dark Side of the Ring producers Evan Husney and Jason Eisner want to produce a show covering the territories, and so they decided, let's go ahead and do it. I thought I heard a lot about that kind of stuff in the different episodes that I watched during Darkside, Gerwitz said, stories I had never heard before, and some that had only been heard in legend, but now we're hearing it directly firsthand from people who were involved, and you know what? It's really cool. Gerwitz said that he found roundtable discussions with wrestling legends who either experienced firsthand or were one person removed from them. Much like Dark Side of the Ring, it will be reenacted vignettes, and there will also be some moments, just like Dark Side, where other people are being interviewed. With more information on Brian Gerwitz, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information will be coming forward. Danny Wolfsonholm is writing in at this hour about the Sandman. The ECW legend has more things planned. Now, former ECW World Heavyweight Champion, the Sandman, has come close to death during his pro wrestling career, and his latest project is set to provide some more details. Now it's more than twice I'm saving this for the book, the Sandman told Captain's Corner on Facebook. You're never going to get all the stories out of me at once, but you're going to read them one day in a chapter. The Sandman's real name is Jim Fullington. He began his wrestling career in 1989 and became a key player for Paul Heyman's Extreme Championship Wrestling in the 90s. The 59-year-old is well known for his edgy character and entrances that saw him approaching the ring through the crowd smoking cigarettes and smashing cans of beer on his head. He was also known for his signature weapon, the Singapore cane. During his time in ECW, Sandman entered into a series of controversial fluids, including one where he faked his blindness to get the upper hand on Tommy Dreamer. The Sandman would eventually leave Heyman's promotion in 1998 to join WCW where he would be there for one year and then remain in the company until it ceased in 2001. The Sandman would perform on the independent circuits until he signed with WWE in 2005, becoming part of the ill-fated reconstruction of the WCW and ECW brands. Now, despite a joyous return to the ECW brand, his gimmick would ultimately be watered down to fit WWE's mold for programs. Now, the Sandman would leave WWE in 2007 and return performing on the independent scenes. His last recorded match was a steel cage match in October of 2021 for World Class Revolution promotion, losing to the Blood Hunter in a match for the WCR Texas Championship. For more information on all this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information on the next plans for the Sandman will be forthcoming. Now, John Allard is writing in at this hour about... Muda. Now, Sting reveals concerns the great Muda had before his AEW debut. Tony Khan certainly had a few tricks up his sleeve for fans as part of AEW's Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium. The last two surprises included the great Muda as part of the Rampage episode. In an interview with Sports Illustrated, Sting spoke about Muda being a part of the show and the concerns he had stepping back into the ring on that night. Muda has transcended wrestling, Sting said. He became a household name in Japan and even here in America. Even last week in AEW, people remembered him. He was worried about that. Will they even remember me, he asked. And I said, of course, they definitely will remember you. Now, Sting teamed with Darby Allin to face the House of Black members Buddy Matthews and Brody King in a no-DQ match on Rampage. Toward the end of the about. The handcuffed stinger was primed to get struck by a baseball bat from Buddy Murphy. The lights went out, and then who came out? The legendary Muda. He showed up, spraying the green mist into Buddy Murphy's face. Muda and Sting had a stare down, but later Sting ended up getting the pinfall. 
Now, with that being said, many people are wondering if something is still going to happen with Muda and Sting. Rumors are that Sting is going to be a part of Muda's final match before he retires, a decision he had made earlier in the year to make 2022 his final year. With more information on all things Great Muda, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Bobby Lashley is making news at this hour. Bobby Lashley shows respect to fellow WWE star following Raw. Danny Wolfensholm is writing in, WWE United States Champion Bobby Lashley has taken to Twitter to heap praise on his opponent from last night's episode of Raw. During the broadcast at the Excel Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota, the almighty Bobby Lashley went on one-on-one with Mustafa Ali in a non-title match. He successfully defeated the former Retribution leader via referee stoppage. As of the show's respect, Lashley posted an image of himself and Ali backstage, fist bumping after the bout was over, captioning it, you brought the fight at Ali. With more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. MJF is making news at this hour. The Salt of the Earth gives an update on his AEW Dynamite anniversary match against Wheeler Yuta. Now, many know that MJF won the Casino Battle Royal and now he's the number one contender for an AEW World Championship match. But he's got someone else in line before that. AEW is going to be seeing a big match that's going to be happening this upcoming Wednesday. Now, there's other things that are happening. Now, MJF knows that he's been very, very good, and he deserves the money he's getting. He's loudmouth and he's brash, but he isn't afraid to tell people how he feels, not only about himself, but other people. Coming up on this week's Dynamite, he will once again lace up his boots and step inside against Wheeler Yuta. Now, the two have faced each other many times on the independent circuits, leading up to their time both being in AEW. I will finish this finally, MJF said. It'll be the best three-year anniversary Wednesday night Dynamite on TBS. You know what, Wheelie? I am AEW, and as long as Tony Khan keeps paying me, I'll probably be here till about 2024. Now, the feud between the two began just a few weeks ago when Yuta was interviewed about his fellow Blackpool Combat Club stablemates John Moxley and Brian Danielson fighting over the vacant AEW World Championship. Now, MJF would interrupt the segment and claim that Yuta had no personality or charisma before Yuta clapped back with his own insults. The tension would continue to build for the two men even into last week when Yuta confronted MJF about putting hands on Tony Schiavone and then he proceeded to attack MJF in a luxury box. With more information on this upcoming match that's going to be happening on Dynamite, continue following Wrestling Inc. and we'll give you more information. Matthew Wilkinson's also writing in this hour about Ruby Soho. The successful female wrestler is now finally going to be going under the knife after she broke her nose at All Out a month ago. Now, it was previously reported that Ruby Riot, formerly known in WWE, now known as Ruby Soho, is set to go her surgery to get her nose fixed. She posted a picture on social media after the procedure and said, finally, after a month since breaking my nose at All Out, the countdown began so I can finally breathe again. I can't wait. Can you see my excitement? Now, it's unknown when Soho will be back in the ring, but before the injury, she had been working with Ortiz, who they've been doing some mixed tags, with Santana being out with an injury. Soho and Ortiz competed in a mixed five-team match before she was injured, winning four of them before losing it all out. Now, several wrestlers reached out to Soho on her posts on social media, including WWE's Bailey, who tweeted, Only you could dress that cute in the hospital. 
Can't wait until you can smell that horse shit again. She followed up with another message saying, Why is everyone so down these days? Ruby's so cute in that outfit. Cute shoes and a new cute nose. I genuinely can't wait to see her get better. With more information on all of that, continue following Wrestling Inc. And you can follow Ruby Soho on all forms of social media as she is continuing to make news. Jerry Lawler is making news this hour. Jerry Lawler's famous crown fell victim to, well, a disgusting prank, unfortunately. John Allard's writing in, Introduced to WWE viewers as Bobby the Brain Heenan's new replacement on December 7, 1992 episode of Primetime Wrestling, Lawler discussed the circumstances of his WWE arrival on the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you remember, Vince McMahon was going through a trial at that time, and he didn't really know what his future was going to be. So they brought me in, and they also brought Jerry Jarrett in, just to be careful, just in case things didn't go so well. Now, when he was asked by Austin if he had any trepidations about going to WWE, Lawler revealed that he hadn't, uh, but Jarrett said that things were going to be fine and that he should come in. He harbored no ill will during his time in the Memphis Territory, so when I came in WWE, there were all these guys who had also worked for Jerry Jarrett, and we all had fond memories working together. Now, Lawler does talk about a moment where his crown didn't exactly uh, shine too well. Now, the animosity in question spilled over into an incident one night involving excrement that nearly caused Lawler to leave WWE. This is what he said. I came back. I was going into the dressing room, explained Lawler, and Jimmy Hart, who's a great friend of mine and still is today, comes running in and says, King, don't go in there. Don't go in the locker room and don't look at your crown. I said, what are you talking about, Jimmy? He said, somebody took a crap in your crown. I said, what? I wasn't amused at all by the prank. Lawler went searching and found McMahon to discuss what had happened. So I ran in and I talked to Vince, Lawler said. I said, hey, you know how I can understand how some people are going to pull pranks from time to time, but not like this. If that's the case, I don't want to be here. I'm going back to Memphis. After hearing Lawler vent his frustrations, McMahon gave his word any similar instance would not happen again, which finally satisfied Lawler from leaving, and he stayed ever since. With more information on Jerry the King Lawler and his episode of Broken Skulls, continue to follow E-Wrestling News, follow Wrestling Inc., and continue to follow him on social media as he can be found. Raquel Rodriguez is commenting on WWE's White Rabbit teases. Now, a campaign is centered around a mysterious white rabbit puzzle that's been keeping the WWE Universe puzzled for weeks now. Now, the clues began in a subtle fashion, like untelevised moments at WWE Live events where Jefferson Airplane's white rabbit was played in the arena, accompanied by a red light towards its conclusion. But now the various QR codes are popping up all throughout WWE programming. These breadcrumbs have been taken down further the rabbit hole, if you will, with signs pointing to the potential return of former star Bray Wyatt. Now, that's what many fans think. However, as confused as many fans may be about the timing and the sense of everything, WWE superstars are just as baffled as well, and SmackDown talent Raquel Rodriguez is one of them. She explained on NBC Sports Boston, Honestly, I'm just as confused as everyone else's. I'm doing the same. I'm doing all the QR codes. I'm trying to figure it out. But there's so many ideas of who could it be, right? Of course, it really could be anything, honestly. I don't know. I can't even give a theory because I'm just as confused as everyone else. 
If you'd like to find out more about what she had to say and what the locker room believes it could be or maybe it should be, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information on the QR codes will be forthcoming. Dakota Cohen's writing in at this hour about Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer talks about what was the final straw that broke Vince McMahon to make him finally decide to step down from CEO of WWE. Now, on his latest edition, he talked about the landscape of WWE and how wrestling as a whole has changed and Vince McMahon's retirement amid his investigation against sexual misconduct. Now, the circumstances surrounding Vince McMahon stepping down continue to be a hot topic. An exclusive interview conducted by Wrestling Inc. senior editor Nick Hausman Dave Meltzer said on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he weighed in on why he thinks Vince McMahon stepped down and what could the reason have been. He would go on to say, I think it was the second detailed Wall Street article that came out and it talked about between 7 and $7.5 million that was settled in a very graphic manner about a woman claiming that she was coerced into doing certain things whether her job prospects were going to get worse if she stopped doing them, Meltzer said. That's the kind of stuff in this day and age you don't come back from. And the fact that he paid her so much money to stay quiet for so many years, I think that was really the key. Now, there's still an ongoing investigation into the allegations that McMahon and former EVP of Talent Relations John Laurinaitis paid hush money to multiple women in exchange for their silence regarding inappropriate behavior and sexual advances. Now, with more information on all this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and Dave Meltzer, and more information about this will be coming forward. Now, let's go ahead and talk about Vic Joseph. He is to be replaced on an upcoming edition of NXT. Matthew Wilkinson's writing in at this hour. It's been announced that broadcaster Vic Joseph will not be a part of the upcoming October the 4th episode of WWE NXT tonight because... He's currently enjoying some time away from wrestling after recently getting married to Mackenzie Mitchell. Now, the both, both work for WWE's developmental brand, and right now, they're on their honeymoon. At the moment, they are officially tying the knot in Florence, Italy. Joseph's fellow WWE NXT announcer Wade Barrett revealed the news only one week ago. WWE Raw commentator Byron Saxton will be joining him in the commentary desk. The Nexus leader tweeted, What? At Byron Saxton is coming to NXT tomorrow night? Well... That'll be interesting. Welcome back, Saxman. With more information on this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information on the nuptials will be coming forward. That is going to do it for all the headlines today for Tuesday, October the 4th, 2022. Remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling. Whether it's AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and so many more, it's a daily podcast that comes to you absolutely free of charge anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my 
my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW Radio.